All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Nate. We got Eric and Dan with us here on the Drexel Basketball Podcast. Uh, it's a great day to be a Dragon. I was thinking about that. I can't believe I haven't said that so far. Um, but I guess I need to think back memories to last year and hoping maybe we can rekindle some of that. Um, the other thought I have something else we should really be marketing and hammering. We should be putting that on t shirts and all that kind of stuff. But um, either way, we'll try to revive it uh, for this little podcast here. And then, um, Plan today is to talk about the CA tournament. We'll we'll cover some other odds and ends too related to the tournament. Um, but we're we're doing it on a Saturday morning because it's March and really nice to have March back and it's mostly normal form. Uh, it started out with me. March first was the Mechanicsburg girls team uh, winning a, a a district playoff game, and uh, you just think back to what we missed. Uh, you know, really two years ago, everything get shut down. Last year, really couldn't go to those. I mean, I guess some games were open to public, but. Um, but it was, it's just nice to, to be able to have things relatively normal right now. So, um, we're here early cause I'm going out of Towson. That game's at two and then Kingsburg girls play at giant center at six. So, uh, March is in full swing. So we're trying to fit this in here on a Saturday morning. So, um, when I start out going through, I guess the first piece of news in tournament week always tends to be, uh, the, uh, the awards that get passed out throughout the conference. So, um, well, as I'm looking at it, uh, there's a lot of them. Um, I, I know you just talked like two minutes ago. I would run through the whole list. But let me just start out. Is there anything for you guys that really saw and you're like, man, that's a bunch of crap and I don't agree with that or any thoughts you have about um, – let's go with like the you know, like the rookie, the player of the year, rookie of the year, like the individual and coach of the year awards. Any thoughts you guys had on those? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – Generally, it was pretty well nailed. Um, I mean, Zach Cooks is a starter in 90% of the league. He's the sixth man of the year. Uh, Aaron Estrada, I think, was probably damn near unanimous as for player of the year. <laughs> um, I think rookie of the year could have been a bit of a toss-up. Some of the Charleston guys could have been in there. Um, but, and you know, Jair Davis didn't sp- explode until Painter went down. But he did. He came on. He came on strong. And recency bias is a thing. So, I uh, appreciate, you know, he's been very good for Delaware. Um no doubt. Uh, I saw um, Jerry Beach had, had voted for uh, Charles Thompson of Towson for the Defensive Player of the Year. I, I get the argument, but there's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind Amari Williams was deserving. So really happy to see that. Um, and then, you know, uh, the Dean Ellers Leadership Award. It feels like it's a Drexel Award, doesn't it? It, it feels like um, between, the, between the teams, we, send, we seem to do, uh, more than our, get more than our share of those. I think Hannah had it last year, I want to say, for the women's side. I, I may be misquoted there. I hope I'm not. Um, but it was good to see Matei. Um, that's a that's a really meaningful award. I think it's one that the coaches actually spent a lot of time on. So great to see uh, him bring that one down. And then the coach of the year, it was going to be Siddle or it was going to be uh, Pat, Pat Scary, right? <clears throat> um, and, and I think really it's hard to question what Siddle did with that team. They were, I mean, part of it is that he the team was so bad going in. So, you know, I don't think he should get credit for that. But uh, what he's done with that team in season is is pretty incredible. Eric, yeah, anything Cameron, you, you saw? Yeah, Cameron Winter making the first team. You know, he was preseason uh, pick, his best player, but I think he was very good this year. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, uh, Hofstra, forget the name already, had a really, really, really good season. Estrada. Yep. Estrada, yeah, that, that's kind of unanimous, I thought. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought Winter just had his typical winter season. You know, he had 15 points per game. He was third best in the conference. He had uh, an amazing uh, assist-to-turnover ratio, 
We do know, like we say it over and over, he takes good care of the ball. It's not one of those things you see on the, you know, in the stat columns. It's just you got to watch the games to know that he's got control out there. So you know, he makes that first team not just on stats, but just on poise. Yeah, I have to say the only the only one that I guess I was a little surprised to see Charles Thompson, his name first pop up in the second team. And admittedly, I, I wanted to watch a lot more, uh, you know, CA basketball than what I did. I mean, watching the women and some other stuff I picked up on, but I, I was a little surprised by that. I don't know how you guys felt. That was the name that stuck out to me in the teams, too. It was funny. I'm glad you went there. Charles Thompson, I thought I would have had a vote for him for first. Maybe he played better against Straps than he did against others, but, you know, he was the one guy I thought who gave Amari a hard time. Um, you know, I, I thought he was extremely meaningful to that team to, to the point where I might even exchange him with Cam Holden. I know Cam's kind of the heart and soul of that team, mm-hmm. but I thought uh, Thompson meant more on both ends of the court perspective. Um, the other one, Jalen Ray, um, he came off the bench a lot, and I get that, but, you know, he's to me – at least the second team quality player. I thought I think he could have been moved up. Um, Vado Morris, you know, uh, he's, he's JMU's best player. But you know, hey, we could have shut JMU out, right? I mean, that's that's a that's traditional for the league at this point. Um, uh, I, I thought it was great. Amari got third team. I was a little surprised actually. Uh, but your defensive player of the year, you get some votes. That's fair. Uh, the one Drexel guy, I think, has got some beef, and I get why it happened. Is uh, Malik Martin? I thought I thought Malik has both the numbers and the, the meaningful play on his team to have consideration. Um, but I think transfers sometimes have a huff, tough time, especially when they're one-year guys um, getting momentum where the, the, the writers don't know them particularly well and, and so forth and so on. You know, with, with Thompson, I could simply see the argument there about defensive player of the year. He just plays more minutes. He did it longer throughout the year. Williams came along later. He wasn't starting until uh, Butler got hurt. So I could definitely see the argument for putting Thompson up there. But if you ask me who the better defensive player is, it's, it's going to be William just because of his mere size and his instinct. Yeah, if, if I'm looking, I was a little surprised. I guess if I was going to swap Thompson for anybody in the first team, I've been Timberlake. And I'm just looking, he had averaged essentially 14 points a game. So, I mean, I, I think if, I, he's a good player. I just didn't think of him as like first team player. And, you know, what I've seen of Thompson, he's kind of a game changer. So, if I was gonna swap somebody, that's probably what I would do. But looking at the, um, it looks like they they definitely pulled off the scoring list because I'm looking like everybody who's within the top ten just about. It looks like made a one of the teams. So I mean that seemed to be what maybe they relied quite a bit on. So, uh, but yeah. Otherwise, I I didn't have any heartburn about the things that were passed out. So it seemed like a a good list. I felt so. All right. No, I think some years there's a lot of beef, and I think this year they did pretty well. Um, they, they did really pretty well with it. There's a bunch of guys you could dominate for third team, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the list of, of, of really pretty good higher-end guys is long. Dylan Painter not being on there. I know he was injured for part of it, but um, the, his you, you saw when he was missing the effect that that had on Delaware. Um, I'm, I, that's, I think, probably the most glaring omission to me. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of people compare him to Butler in their situations and how they you know didn't quite have the seasons they wanted, and it, that seems to match up pretty well. So, of course, his name's not on there, and we wouldn't, I don't think anybody would disagree but hoping this week maybe he uh, he turns things around. So so I like Lindley, some of these guys. You wonder if they they use this as motivation going into the tournament, you know, because not on there at all. Or I wish I would have been a higher team. So, um, but yeah, that may be something for him to do. But so one of the um, one of the dumber things that Drexel basketball has done, even for Drexel basketball, they paywalled the press conferences this year, so fans couldn't see it unless they paid for that virtual season ticket package. And the virtual season ticket package did not include actual any kind of games to watch. 
Mm-hmm. So what kind of season ticket that was, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the, you know, I, I get slipped the uh, the link to it every once in a while. And uh, uh, you can see that the YouTube views are like one or two. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the, the, the paywall obviously working wonderfully. Uh, but I, I checked out the senior night one. And, um, you know, I think Sax Biker was, um, it was emotional in general. But I thought that particularly with regards to JB, you know, it was, you know, that injury cost JB a lot. And, and James tried to play through it, um, but certainly didn't have the season that anybody was hoping. And and that's tough. That's tough. I, I think it particularly uh, it looks like 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 Coach Biker was taking it, uh, you know, probably as hard as the player was. Uh, and 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 James is a professional. He's he's never never you know you never heard him out there on social media or anything else complaining playing time or anything else. Um, he knows he's trying to play through something, but just um, it was well handled by all parties. I think, and it was a tough one to see with a fifth year guy who came back and, and who's been a special player for this program. So um, I agree with you, Nate. It's just, uh, just tough to, tough to see. And the nice thing is it is March. So he's got three days to see if he can change the narrative a little bit. So, um, so we'll shift gears and we'll talk about the tournament. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll kind of at the outset kind of go through game by game by game. But as we go through, if, if you guys have a feeling like, Oh, there's a team that I'm really watching or I'm really excited about them or, I think they're on the downswing and you know, kind of kind of filling in. So, um, so I don't know how many of us are going to watch, um, how many people will be there. Uh, but today, um, William and Mary play Northeastern at five o'clock. So, any thoughts you guys have about that sort of play-in game that's going to happen today? I see Eric just shaking his head no. <laughs> yeah, I may have some like cleaning to do around the house. Um, yeah, it's that's a tough one to watch. Uh, William Mary's just been very, very bad down the stretch. They they seem to have gotten worse actually as the season's gone on in some way, shape, or form. Um, and you know they, they've sniped a couple of games. They've been an absolute sniper. I think they beat Hofstra. They beat Drexel. You know they, they, the wins they've had they, uh, have been pretty out there. But then they got you know that that I think where they score like twenty six against Northeastern or something. So that's that's the only that's the only real narrative in this game is that it's a bit of a revenge spot for William and Mary. Mm-hmm. And Northeastern has the feel. All season for them, they've got to have some locker room issues. They have to. I'm, I'm convinced of it because there's more talent there than what they've done. Uh, I think this is a group of guys who are going to be very happy for the season to end. Um, let, 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 I don't respect a lot of fight. Let me ask you something, and and you know, so I, I don't I don't like to be the the guy with the unpopular opinion or the devil's advocate, but sometimes I, I'm still the same person that thinks Chip Kelly did a nice job in Philadelphia. I say this is going to be a Bill Cohn question, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, does he live up to the reputation that, I mean, all I ever hear is like, even I was talking about that Charleston podcast and um, you know, all they kept saying, yeah, we know he could put together four days and he could really coach this team up. And um, I know, I know there's this blind spot I have in CA basketball when I was overseas and stuff, but um, do you, do you think he lives up to all the hype? Uh, I, I, the hype is strong is what I would tell you. Um, but I, I do. Uh, I think he's. They've been consistently. They've never been great, but they've been consistently good. They've never really had a. This is his first poor season. I'm looking now. He had uh, 2014. They were two or three in Ken Palm, but otherwise they've been top 200 for 15 years straight. And uh, you look at that, um, and and they've won. Uh, they've danced twice in 15 years. So they, they've slightly outpaced expectations in a school. And you've got to remember this: where basketball is not their sport, hockey is their sport. Um, they get no support for the basketball team. They play in a hockey arena. They're the fourth basketball team in a four-team town. Um, you know, they don't get any respect in Boston either. Uh, I think maybe BU 
just by virtue of being a bigger school and a bigger name, probably gets a little bit more press. But the recruiting, they never recruit, you know, and New England's not a recruiting hotbed. It's, it's a tougher job than Drexel is. Mm. It is, without a question in my mind, a tougher job job than Drexel is. And I think the, the administration up at Northeastern is even more honest with him in that he's, he's not, the help's not coming. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> given the full situation, if he was doing this at College of Charleston, I would be more underwhelmed because I feel like the, the administration and this town, and, and they, there's just a ton of support down there and the facilities are top-notch and everything else. Doing this in, in, in the situation he's doing it in, um, yeah, I think he's outkicked the coverage. He's put he's put uh, one kid in the NBA and Barea. He's he's put uh, um, you know Matt Jennings had a, had a pretty nice career uh, internationally, is my understanding. Um, they've never had any off the court issues. He's done everything that you want a coach to do, and they've been competitive. And you know, I think that's that's the, always the question for Drexel fans: is what what do you expect? And and the general answer is we'd like to go to the tournament every every four years, mm-hmm. something like that, every class. And he's you know for the last eight years he's done that, so. Uh, I, I think he's he's earned his accolades. Um, is he Coach K? Probably not. But um, yeah, I, I'll defend him. I'll defend him here. This is this is by far his worst season. So I don't want to snipe him at the time where you know something clearly was off the rails this year. Yeah. No. And, and I, I'm looking. You know, uh, yeah, two NCAA tournament appearances. I mean, yeah. If, if that was Drexel, the guy could could tell us how long he wants to coach. I mean, and he's still in one one championship. And I was like, she could be here as long as she wants. So. Um, so seeing that, I mean, that did took take a number of years. So his first year was 06, 07, and then they made it to the tournament in 14, 15. So do the math there. What's that? You know, seven, eight seasons until he made the I, – I mean, I'm thinking back, you know, the number of games we went in Richmond and you you hear about, yeah, Janning and how talented their, te- their teams were, and you felt like they couldn't quite get over that hump. But, yeah, but ba- basically to say, there's a way people talk about this guy's like he walks on water. Um, so so I, I don't – it's not like I don't – I just was curious what you guys thought. Long story short, he does a lot in a bad situation, is what I would yeah. tell you. And his X's and O's are pretty good. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, honestly, seeing those two NCAA tournaments, if he did that at Drexel, I'd be happy with him too. So, but you know, as bad as they were this year, I think it's same a Bruiser Flint situation. You can't be one in whatever in the conference two years in a row. It doesn't matter. I don't think so. He's you know, they, even a even a team with low expectations has to have higher expectations than that. So, we'll listen, see. we're going to talk about. Coaches, but I'm trying to wait until after the tournament. I'm keeping my lips sealed. Um, but I, I have some strong opinions that what I thought earlier in the year, which is the CA may bring back ten coaches um, next year. I'm, I'm really not not feeling it all right now. Yeah, uh, and I think we could see two or three uh, leave and possibly move up in all cases. So yeah, um, but I don't think Bill Cullen's really one of those guys. I think he's he's earned the right to come to have a, a bad season. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. We'll see how that game goes. I think it seems like I'll take Northeastern. I think they seem like the popular. Opinion because, yeah, it looks like William and Mary's best days were back in December and January, and those days are gone. I remember looking at that box score where they only scored 20 some points. I was like, How's the team only score 20 points? And I was like, You don't make any shots and you turn the ball over, and that's really what it looked like it came down to. So, um, because that's too- the lowest score I can remember since Tales of Drexel back, oh god, well, back maybe 12, 13 years ago. I think, I think Tales put up 26 points at the deck. I remember that, uh, that was a game, that was a game that, t- that took. College basketball back twenty years, as people just like to say. So, um, but yeah, the shot clock and three point line too. So we'll see how that goes. Go ahead. Uh, William and Mary brought their hockey sticks. They 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 they, they, <laughs> they scored twenty. It was a really good score for one sport. They were just in the, playing the wrong one. Yeah. So we'll move on to. Uh, so yeah, one of those teams will play Towson. Um, do you see any possibility of either? Let's say if it's Northeastern, any chance they beat Towson? 
I, I see my phone blowing up around 1 o'clock tomorrow when one of those teams jumps out to a bit of a lead against Towson because usually there's some carryover. The team that plays the day before has a little momentum going, mm-hmm. um, gets off to a strong start. But, I mean, Towson, I think they're like 63 in Kenpo. Like They're legitimately good. And I don't sleep on them. So there should be no competition here. Yeah. Bruiser coaching Towson. Yeah, he's, he's gonna. Not, that'd be the only chance I'd see Towson losing them all. He's finally gonna make the tournament. It looks like with Kentucky, I don't think he can miss it unless something crazy happens. So, um, but yeah, um, and then so the game of of most interest to us two thirty tomorrow afternoon, more or less uh, Drexel Delaware. So, what thoughts do you guys have about that game tomorrow? That's gonna be a tough one. Uh, so the team split during the regular season. Uh, Delaware came in and totally dominated. I thought it was one of the more dominating performances at the DAC this year. Uh, they won the game by, I believe, six. Drexel made a late run. But Delaware came out victorious in the end. Fast forward a few weeks down to Delaware. Drexel returns the favor. Dylan Painter's out of the lineup. But Drexel, not as dominating as Delaware was up here, but down Delaware, you know, Drexel pretty much led most of the game, deserved to win that game. So, you know, this is just one of those ma- – I think anybody who they played would be very difficult tomorrow. We know Drexel could win and beat anybody in this conference. They could lose to anybody in this conference. Dylan Painter's back. He, he missed a few games there. Looking at their lineup, uh, Jameer Nelson Jr., you know, I still have nightmares of his father playing us every season out of conference games at St. Joe's. He leads him in scoring with 14 a game. Pitt Painter and Allen right behind him at 12 and Anderson at 10. The big thing about Delaware is they like to bring it inside. They, uh, the overall field goal percentage for the season was 47%. That's really impressive. And, you know, they, they like to they like to bang up underneath. Also, you can't foul them. They shoot 75% from the line as a team. So, uh, you know, particularly their starters shoot very well from the free throw line. It's a very tough matchup, but a very winnable game. I didn't see the line on this, guys. I don't know if you did, but uh, – I, mean, I feel Delaware would be favored by a couple points. Since I'm going to the game, I <laughs> we're probably hurting the chances as well. <laughs> but that's pretty much all I got about that. Yeah, and, two teams that, in my opinion, couldn't be more evenly matched. Uh, the storylines, I've said this with Inglesby and Spiker, they said they both arrived together. It feels like they've moved through their careers together. It, it feels like both schools have just been in just total lockstep at times, besides obviously Drexel making their run last year. Uh, that's been the difference. Um so, you know, Delaware was picked number one in, in the preseason poll this year. They have a ton of upperclassmen, fifth-year guy type, types, uh, which is not the type of team you want to play generally this time of year. Those guys who have been here before have done it before. Um, and Drexel comes back in the same boat, right? They're the defending champions. They were picked three, which I thought was low. Both teams have dis- disappointed expectations. Um, if you look at Delaware against the, um, the three teams above these guys in the standings, they went 0-6. I think Drexel was 1-5. Uh, there's clearly a gap between those top three and these two, um, but it kind of puts the, 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 they both basically cleaned up against the lower portion of the schedule, with the exception of um, a loss to Charleston apiece, and they got to have another loss up there somewhere. But um, yeah, it's not like it's not inspirational <laughs> to, to teams. I, in my opinion, that have underperformed in the season don't do very well in the tournament. Um, so you have two experienced teams. You have two teams similarly coached. I'm worried that the difference maker is uh, is Jameer Nelson Jr., 
who is, I think, the only guy on either one of these teams who can consistently make his own shot, uh, get his own shot. Um, you're going to need a big game from Amari. And, and ultimately, this one may just come down to, to who shoots the ball from three better. You know, I mean, I think it could, it could it's, it's that hard to project. I, I think, um, you know, Dragons are going to have to go down there and, and, uh, and play friendly with the ribs because uh, that's, that's probably the difference maker in this game. These, things, these two teams, you can't split. It's a, it should be a great game. If it's a blowout, I'd be shocked. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, but four or five matchup. This is this is uh, this is why you tune in. This is why nobody can watch it except for Flow Sports. So you know, um, but it's uh, no. I I wish this was picked up on NBC Sports Philly. I don't know again contractual situations there, but um, it, it should be a day. It's Drexel Delaware in the tournament, guys. Let's get excited. Hey, Drexel's got to really be careful. They got to clean up around the rim. I think a lot of things I saw this season were were a lot of a lot of chippies and and they just didn't finish. And the other team gets the rebound. If I'm Towson, I'm rooting for Delaware. I would say that. I think Drexel's got a better shot against Towson than Delaware does. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm sitting here thinking, you know, that that made-up game on Monday night was nice because, you know, one it was only, what, 45 minutes of our time. So it was short. And then we got to see really two of our potential opponents. So I, I, I watched the game Monday. And I, I thought, <clears throat> for a lot of reasons, I thought, you know, you think of that night where that game got rescheduled, I think did a lot to change the course of the season you know, one with Towson getting the one seed. And then, you know, for me, and I mean, Delaware had a couple of players hurt out of that game that missed some time, if I remember right. And I mean, Delaware's up nine and then the game gets bagged. And then they, it was almost like exactly what you thought was going to happen. They went down and got really, I mean, the game completely reversed once they got going. I mean, Delaware put the brakes on it a little bit. They didn't get completely run out of the arena down there, but it was about to get out of hand. Um, but, and, and the other thing I think for Delaware is you, you saw, you know, again, they live in, to me, they live and die by the perimeter shot. You know, they, they really tried, I thought, to get to the rim on Towson and, and, and made a good effort for it, but it's just not, it's not them. So they, they don't, they're kind of like us in a sense. I don't know that they have the toughness and that, that Towson does of getting to the basket. And, um, and it, so, I, you know, I like us in this game and, and really, cause I think, you know, I, Again, as long as we play a half court game under control, we don't turn the ball over. Like you know, and, and we got a little out of control in the game with the DAC, and let them back into it and take over, and then really kind of dominated the whole way down there. So I think if we we can keep the pace where we where we want it, and we can defend their perimeter shooters, and they struggle the way they did in the second game, I, I like us to win honestly. So, um, but we'll see. Delaware's not a great defensive team. That's the other piece of it. You know, Drexel's going to have to score. It's, it's looking in the field of the basket, but if 80 is probably the number. If, De- if Drexel hits 80, you're feeling really, 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 really good about things. Mm-hmm. But you, you may have to get up that high. Mm-hmm. Um, leave Amari back there, let him do his work, and then uh, get, the, get, get to the rim. Get to the rim. Well, the one thing I picked up on, you know, sitting behind the bench at Charleston, which is good to hear, is they, they were talking about inside out, inside out. So it does tell me that we want to play through Amari, which I think is the right way to go. That might have been the game, too, at the DAC, where Amari, we, we finally got it inside to him. He scored, like, two possessions in a row, and then all of a sudden he came out. So, I mean, again, I, I'm open for a coming out party from him down there. And, yeah, we, we used him, and then we we hit perimeter shots. You know, I think someone was asking what Okros' status is. I think I'd like to see him play. I don't think any of us have any idea. But it'd be nice to have him down there as a perimeter shooter. Um, but, no, I... I like I like our chance. I'll take us to win that game, and I'm not being a homer. I think I think we have a good chance to win. So yeah, Okros I think is a big loss. I think that they've been missing him late in the season, and I'd also like to see Williams. I know they want to get Butler out there. Uh, 
I'm feeling right around 22, 23 minutes a game is what Amari plays, and then correspondingly, Butler plays 17 or 18. I would just like to see, for just for no reason other than defensive purposes, I'd like to see Williams on the floor a little bit longer than that. I think it can make a huge difference. Well, you hear about Robert Battle talking about his endurance, maybe. I don't know what it is at this point, so that, there could, that could be part of the minutes issue, too, besides so JB forcing his way in. Yeah, and I'm with you. Yeah, probably more of the minutes going to Amari. But, but you know, Butler had a pretty good game last time out. And park him under the basket. I don't want to see him. I agree with you. I don't want to see him taking those those mid-range. I mean, if, hey, if you're wide open, maybe one or two of them. But do what you do best, rebound. And and like you said, being around the rim and struggling with rebounds, help fix us up, fix that problem for us. Um, and, and and do what you do well. And he could be effective too, more effective than he was before. Because I don't think Carr is the I, – I was surprised to see that other big man. I guess I wasn't paying attention being the all rookie player, I, I, he just somebody I hadn't really paid attention to, I guess. But, um, but I, I, again, I think we can eat them alive inside, and then you know we defend their perimeter shot. I think we can keep them off the scoreboard and we win the game. So we're gonna we're yeah, gonna yell at JB if he's out top too much. I'm gonna yell as out as you can. I'm gonna get your son Evan. Also, <laughs> I'll just get under the net. Yeah, yeah. So I, try yeah, to I, I mean, I think I would like to see them both play together, and I, that might be a surprise. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the coaches have something in their back pocket for this game. So, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a couple minutes on the gather. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, you you want to see us take advantage of, of I think, um, much better matchups in the paint than, you know, I think that's where the big advantage is in this game because Delaware does have so many experienced Ryan Allen, Jameer Nelson, Kevin Anderson, all upperclassmen guards that are all league potential players. I mean, they've got them around the perimeter. So it's, it's not much of an advantage there. I think Xavier Bell's a big, like I say, if it's, if this is about getting to the rim, you, you, you get, you need to see Xavier Bell take advantage of, of, uh, and get, and get past this man a little bit. So I'm, I'll be looking for that too. Yeah, about the only rotation we haven't seen is the two big men on the floor at the same time. And, and Dan, like you said, you felt they were, t- you know, coach Spike was tinkering last week with house going in. And I, I feel like he's been tinkering all year. So I've been surprised. That's the one lineup he hasn't used. So yeah, maybe we see it this weekend. Who knows? But, um, but, but let's, um, and I guess I'm going to go, let's, let's just stay with our part of the bracket and kind of follow us. Um, so on that top half of the bracket, so let's, I'm just uh, under the assumption we win the game. Um, and then of course we match up with Towson at six o'clock on Monday evening. So if, if that game would happen, what are your thoughts? What a game, what a game, what a game. Um, it should be a good one. How about that? I mean, uh, either Drexel or Delaware, either one, the experience and, like I said, the guard play is going to be really, really tough. Uh, it's going to be, um, I think, I think as big as Charles Thompson is, as big as Cam Holden is, I think Timberlake is the star that, straw that stirs the drink on that team. Um, he's got to get going, so so we'll see. Um, you know, they do have the advantage of a couple hours extra rest. That's the advantage of the one seed, of being the one seed, so that, that's meaningful in this time of year. Um, but... It should be a competitive game. I, I think it's as bad as Spikers teams have been against Towson over the years, and it's been a horrendous, horrendous matchup because generally they're physical, and generally uh, they just out-tough us, to be honest with you. Uh, year after year after year, it feels like. It feels like this team's got a little bit more, you know, um, they stay down to earth. You know, we, we talk about them not getting excited, not fighting to kill, but they're not getting pushed around as much this year either mm-hmm. um, in most cases. So, um, Amari is obviously a huge difference maker when, you th- when you're dealing with that kind of size of the team too, especially Cam Holden. So, um, I yeah, Thompson's the guy. Uh, Thompson and Timberlake are probably the two I'm watching more than Holden in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a winnable game for Drexel. I don't. I don't. I, I, if I'm like I said, if I'm Towson, I'm a little bit scared of that matchup. A lot of seniors, 
uh, and a team that's beaten us once, and uh, and a team that's you know, listen, Drexel's still the defending champs too, so they got that that swagger. They've been there before. They've done it. Eric, what do you think if should that matchup happen? What do you think? Yeah, I agree with Dan. I mean, you know, look, they did beat them earlier this season. The second game down at Towson, they had a huge, I think it was like a 12, 13-point lead at half halftime. And Towson had to fight their way back in that game. Uh, Towson's very tough, but I don't know how tournament-tested they are. We'll see. Um, it, I think I think really, really Drexel could beat any team. It's just a weather question of whether they could put three of them together against three quality teams. That's going to be a real tall order. Yeah, I think, and again, going to Monday night, you know, it's, it's. I mean, Delaware got in trouble because they, they just, you know, Towson scattered the game and, and they seem to th- kind of thrive in that type of game that's kind of up and down, high paced and going to the rim and that sort of thing. And that's what we let them do, you know, especially the second half down there. We, we kind of lost our composure and that what like double digit lead turned into a double digit deficit. So, um, so no, I, 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 it's one of those, can we keep our composure? Can we keep the pace the way we want it? Because um, if we let them run up and down and we turn the ball over, we're in trouble. So, um, but I agree, Dan. Too, I you know, I, I and not to say, you know, I more than saying Timberlake. I didn't know that he was like a first team type player, um, but I completely agree. Like when they get and and all those guys like Rizzuto and that the um, I guess they got another guy back, Nolan. Um, when those guys are adding to what they have to Thompson and and Holden, I mean, yeah, they're they're loaded. So. Um, you know, but they, it took, it, I think Rizzuto was the guy that got going against us in the second half. And once he did, we were in trouble. So, um, you know, but again, I, I'm going to be, this is more of a homer pick that I feel good about the Delaware game, but as a homer pick, I'll say we can beat Towson. We're going to keep the games, you know, because I think the first game of the DAC was low scoring. So, you know, kind of keep it under control, keep it our pace. And then, you know, it, just find a way to win. That's, I think that's the only, we get in a track meet with them, forget about it. So. What do, you, what do you think about the building? We're playing uh, in the Washington Sports Entertainment Center. Holds about 10,000 people. I certainly don't see that building even being halfway full. So, you know, maybe Drexel gets a little bit of advantage because they're used to playing uh, in front of an, an empty building. You know, Towson's got the geographic advantage. But, you know, they don't have a huge fan base, but they do have a geographic advantage. But in a place that holds 10,000, Gonna be pretty sparse. I don't know if it really the the, the crowd is gonna really play into it. If really, anybody has really an advantage, Eric, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you for a second. Uh, the 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 it's about a four thousand seat seat arena, so it's it's a much smaller arena than you're picturing. Did they, did um, they open up? Did they open up the? Are you sure it's that small? Yeah, I mean, I, we I went down there two years ago when we played um, COVID year, and and uh, I'm sure it's that small. It's tight. It's tight. The whole arena's tight, but it's it's a great place for basketball. <coughs> rant, rant for another time, but uh, I think there's strong consideration to move, if not after this year, the next year, and start rotating, you know, through the north and south again. Um, man, I love this setup. I love DC. I love the setup. I, I just I, I if you leave it here for 25 years, I'd be happy. It's a great arena. It's nice to be in a state of the art arena for once. They can run their videos. You don't have to worry about the X, Y, and Z on the floor, and, and it's great. The Thing with with the crowd in this game, you know, Towson didn't travel to Baltimore a few years ago as a one seed, so I don't expect to see a big Towson turnout. Um, which is you have to travel good. to Baltimore. I guess you do. Yeah, I guess it counts. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> you can take a local bus. I mean, you know, it's not like it would have been a hard travel, but I mean, they, nobody. I was stunned. They were a good team. One of those mm-hmm. three years ago, it was in Baltimore, and nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was really really surprised, um, and and it made uh, a lot of my arguments for the need for attendance look bad, but. 
um, that's something I'll save for later on in the pod. The, the, um, but yeah, this is, this is a great setup. Uh, I don't expect, I expect, you know, the Drexel fans to be able to be heard. It's going to feel a little bit like a home game for sure. <laughs> Uh, for both, honestly, for both teams, it's not like Towson draws particularly well. Um, as good as their facilities are, they, they they don't have the fan base to go along with it. So um, I do think the other note I want to slip in on this game: new athletic director of Towson, Pat Scary's been there a long time, boys. Um, so I, I I'd, one coach, I think both these coaches, to be honest with you, probably need this. They both have new athletic directors, and again, uh, hinting towards our next podcast, but. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think this is a big spot for both of the head coaches, and it's going to be a, a very important game. I'm going to steal a, lot, a stat from Holy City, uh, the, that podcast. They they said Pat Scurry is two and nine in the CA tournament. So yeah, I think that factors in a little bit. And again, I to and again, I, I don't want to pin their whole season on one game, but from when I saw Monday night, I, w- I was looking at them, and I could be completely wrong about this, but like as a poor man's VCU. I mean, they maybe in the sense that well, they first of all they pressured the hell out of. Uh, Delaware's shooters in the half court, which is why I think Delaware had the problems they had. Um, but they didn't throw a full court press, but they had that feeling in that team that really, really got after you and defensively. And then and I, I just said this, man, if you could slow them down and keep them under control and make them play basketball, maybe you have a chance. But uh, but I feel like as I watched them at, at Wilmington, they played a good half court game. So yeah, if they can do play both paces, they're they're going to be tough for anybody. But I just we just definitely I think have to keep it under control. I think they can. I'd be careful reading too much into Monday. I mean, it's a very unique situation. Obviously, with a shortened game, it's easier to run and press, right? Um, and and also, when you walk into a game down nine with with a short amount of time, you know you have to kind of play pace. Uh, and and more importantly, there are just two teams with very different motivations in that game. Delaware had absolutely nothing to play I'll, for. I'll throw out too. I know we have marketing conversations. It looked like they sold that game, you know, because for a nine, you know, an eighteen minute game, they had a decent crowd. It looked like they had a good student crowd. I didn't follow social media to see what kind of advertisements they made, but I mean, a decent group that rushed the floor when they won. So it, you feel you, you felt like there was a little buzz around that game down there. So I don't, I don't know if they did a good job, but but that was my sense. So yeah, a lot of reasons why you can't totally read into Monday, but did give you a little lens into this weekend. So, um, all right. So uh, let's let's just, let's go down to the bottom half of the bracket now because I'm making an assumption we'd be in the championship. Um, let's figure out who we might play. So um, the six o'clock game tomorrow night, or yeah, tomorrow night. Um, Elon and UNC Wilmington. Any thoughts on this game? Upset alert! If I've got to pick one, if I've got to pick one in the first round, this would probably be it. I, I don't know that I would pick one in the first round, but if I had to pick one, gun to my head, uh, I, Elon obviously went to the championship game last year. Most of those guys are still here. Um, they, they had a nice run. Uh, they've underperformed this year. I, I generally don't back underperforming teams in the tournament. I already said it. Um, but if you look at Ken Palms, he's got a luck score. Wilmington is number one in the country. And I think luck is also a substitute for coaching sometimes. I think Siddle's done a great job with them. So I don't want to draw too much into one stat that I don't quite frankly know what goes into. Um, but, I, I, you know, the UNCW, they've won a ton of close games, a ton of close games. Um, you, you're playing with fire when you do that. You do that in a conference tournament setup against a team that's played four games in the, in the tournament last year when your team you know, is not used to this atmosphere, and you, you get nervous. It's got all the makings. It really does have all the makings um, of, of a game where Elon could, could do something with it. I mean, there's one upset in that, in that first round. I don't know if I see 
If I had a guess, I would say it'd probably be the Charleston Hofstra game. Uh, but we'll see. I'm looking at the odds here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Wilmington getting no no respect whatsoever from Barstool Sportsbook. They're going off at ten to one. They're the sixth favorite. One, two, three, four, five. Six favorite. Bertina finished second. Carlson's going off five to four, as you would expect. Hofstra five to two. Drexel and Delaware going off at eight to one. It all feels about right. I was the exception, you know, but per the robots, per the robots, that makes sense. Uh, you know, Wilmington's profile is still affected by their early season um, when they weren't weren't particularly strong. Uh, I think, yeah, there's value probably in that Wilmington number if you if you were that type of player. But um, uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not there. I'm not there on this team. But certainly better than a Charleston going off at nine to one. I thought that was. I'm just thinking like. They get no respect all season along, so maybe they'll play with a chip on their shoulder. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they should. I mean, they should. And even me not believing in them now, they've they played. They've played well enough to earn a one seed, two seed in this in the scenario. Like, I, 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 I'm not giving them the respect that they've earned throughout their conference play. You, you play. What do they wear? Fifteen to three against the schedule. You know, there's some tough places to play on the road. There's there's, there's two day road swings. I mean, they've they've done it. Uh, I got to give them a lot of credit. I just think um, that. Maybe they're not heads and shoulders above everybody else like a thousand seems to be. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to buy into Elon at all just because I think I've seen him three times. Twice was us, and we destroyed them. Like down there, I, I mean, they were terrible. They shot the ball awful. I mean, there was really nothing about them that impressed me. I know they had one guy who had – well, they, they traded you know, they had a post player had a big game the first time, and then I think they had a guard. It was Underwood had a big game the last – am I right about that? I think um, – so it's hard for me to buy into them, but yeah, in Wilmington, it just, I'm buying into Wilmington cause I'm the kind of guy I hear everybody doubt them. I hear that, you know, basically they're, so I'm, I'm, I'm on board. So I'll, I'll take them to win the game. Um, and yeah, I, I threw out right away, like, you know, cause people brought up the close game kind of stuff. And right away I was like, well, our women's team, it seems to always play in close games. And I, boy, I hope that doesn't apply. Now they're not, they've turned a corner and they're, they're we'll see how we do today. But, um, but I guess maybe in a sense, and we saw a little bit about against us. I mean, if you're not quite a good team or, you know, talent wise, although they, they've got a number of guys on the first, second, third team or whatever, but you know, sometimes you have to figure things out as the game goes along. So to me, that's a credit to their coach. Of, you know, they adjusted to us and um, you know, like they pressured and things. So, um, so maybe they're not quite good enough to just overpower you. They have to kind of, you know, monitor and adjust as the game goes along, but um, yeah, they, they keep winning games. You can't argue with that. So um, I'll take them to win this game, but we'll see. All right. Any thoughts? Uh, any, anything else on that game? Uh, the, uh, the, the only one I'll slide in here, only because I looked at this stat for the women the other day, got me thinking. Uh, the women are now averaging a, ten, a plus 10 scoring margin in their games. They're averaging beating their opponent by 10 points a game, which is pretty crazy. Uh, UNCW for the season is at plus 0.7. Um, so they've basically been on, on par with their schedule, if you want to go with that. Charleston, for perspective, is plus 1.4. Uh, Drexel, if I can make my computer work correctly, sorry, is plus 2. So, um, you know, again, they, they've been doing it, but they've been doing it walking a tightrope. They really have. It's, it's, it's as advertised. Yeah. yeah so, you know what, let, if you guys are okay, let's do this bottom half of the bracket um, instead of game by game. Do you just want to say – you know, who do we think has the best chance to come out of that that side of the bracket? So, because the other game, of course, is Hofstra and Charleston. Um, so, I guess rather than just go on to that 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 uh, semifinal game, who do you, who do you like out of 
those four to, to make it to the final on uh, Eric, Tuesday. you want to go cover your wife's ears? <laughs> Hofstra, 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 and yeah. Hofstra. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has to be, right? Credit, that's, that's, credits to yeah. it. It's a, it's a more senior team. They played well. They also do have a really, really good chance against good teams. I hope they come out of it. Uh, I just think they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly make a case for Wilmington. Like I said, they, they've already done it in 15-3, so so you can absolutely make that case. But it, it's, this bracket ended up – Drexel's in the much tougher side of the bracket this year, isn't it? Which I actually thought yeah, last year was the case, and then Northeastern got COVID, which was nice. But uh, for, for us more than them, I promise. But everybody's healthy, so we can talk about that now. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I just think that this bottom half of the bracket feels much weaker, um, with the exception of Hofstra. Which just if guards if you know guards are the story in, in March generally speaking, you guys who can who can make things happen, and hot man do they have them do they have them in spades? Zach Cooks as a six man is hilarious because he'd be your your best guard on probably six teams in this conference. I mean, it's it's bananas how heavy they are in in that in that kind of one guard two guard role. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'll pick. Uh, we'll see Wilmington on Tuesday night. I gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> and again, for you know. And again, I. I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. I. I, I don't say this. I, I. I'm the kind of guy. Unless I've. Yeah, I know. There's all these stats out there. Chem. Chem. Palm this. Chem. Palm that. The. You know the. Um. The. The. You know. And you know how I feel about sports betting. So I don't really look at any of that stuff. I. I. I want to see the game. See the teams. It's hard to. To sit down and really watch. Week night and night, and I really get a good feel for these teams. But um, you know, I, I just I guess I like Sims being kind of a guy who's got decent size. But um, yeah, I remember the first time I saw Wilmington was against Delaware. I think it was on, on New Year's Eve, and I started, they they you so you said the the luck stat, which I hadn't heard of, but it seemed like they were taking a lot of crazy shots that happened to be going in. Um, but you know, if they keep going in, then again, it, you know, sometimes you think okay, they they have the talent, but. Um, but no, I, but wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, Hofstra's got the best player, and sometimes that's what this comes down to: is who whose top player shows up or whose doesn't. And certainly, if Estrada gets hot, that's going to be tough for anybody. So, um, but, but yeah, so yeah, I'll point um, to an intangible. It's, it seems like there's a new winner every you know ever since the uh, mass exodus from the CIA. It seems like a new team wins every year. You know, Drexel finally got their chance last year. Uh, Northeastern was in there. It just seems like we spread it around. So I think, you know, possibly that points to Towson from a ten, intangible standpoint. Maybe it's their year. It's been a long time for them. You got to go back over 20 years. So, so let's do that. And if you're good with it, let's, let's just pick the whole thing then. So Eric, you think Towson's going to win it? That, that'd be my, that'd be my guess. Yes. Okay. Dan, what do you think? I'll go, I'll, I'll go Kachurian here, and I will, I'll take Hofstra. I just, you know, they were down 10 to Northeastern with like four minutes left, and, and they came back and went. They can fill up the hoop so fast on you. Um, they're, they're never dead. You, they're just never going to be dead. If, you, if you're going to knock out Hofstra, it's going to be the last minute games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it just, um, I think they're a really, really tough out. And, and uh, to the point of, I don't know, intangibles, they won this thing two years ago and they didn't get to dance. So there's a lot of guys uh, still still on that program who 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 are part of that, and uh, you know I'll feel some kind of justification for them, uh, you know as much as I, I normally like to root against Hofstra, I think uh, for these guys if they if they if it is them, um, you know I, I think um, I'll feel happy that some of those guys get the opportunity that they missed out on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll... The other one with the stat I'll give you for Towson real quick though, Eric. 
I talked about margin of, of, of uh, victory. Jekyll's plus two this year. Delaware's plus 2.2. Hofstra's plus three. Towson's plus 10. Yeah, no. Nah, I, I, I'm going to take Wilmington, uh, and I guess because I have enough homer picks that I feel like I'm not bailing on us. I have us in the final and knocking off the one seed. Um, and then, yeah, just, just have everybody hate Wilmington to the championship. Um, and some of this has to do with, again, the tradition that they have down there. They, you know, I, I think Brian Mould said either they, they're they kind of all or nothing. They either show up and win the whole thing or they're awful. Um, so I, I think they have the, the tradition to, 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 to win it again. But, yeah, I, well, I guess this kind of shows, you know, the, um, you know, with the um, – what I mean, Eric, you picked Towson. Dan, you picked uh, Hoster, and I picked Wilmington. So that shows this conference. And again, it's been, I think I saw someone make a comment, a comment about how interesting this comp, this conference has been night in and night out. And that's a good example that three, three of us are picking three different teams. So, and we'd all love to be, we'd all love to be wrong with Drexel winning it. So, um, it's been an interesting season. That's probably why I feel guilty having not watched more of it, but I got a little down on us when we lost a number of those games. And, you know, now looking back now that, one thing that does make me feel better, I know we had that loss to Wilmington in there, but we did win, what, three out of our last four? So at least some semblance of we could string some good games together, which is what you have to do this weekend. So it makes me feel a little bit better about things. Yeah. I mean, and I think the Dragons are in it. I think, like I said, I think Drexel-Delaware, that Drexel-Delaware-Towson end of the bracket, man, that's that's really hard. A lot of experience. You know, Towson's the juggernaut. That's just whoever comes out of that, you know, has earned it, but that way I'll probably pick. You know, even though I picked Hofstra, I should say whoever comes out of that probably should win it, um, just because they'll have walked. You know, they'll have really fought through it. But I, I'm usually wrong about this, so not great news if you're Hofstra. I, I liked Drexel a little bit coming in last year, so we'll see. But um, yeah, it's it's a it should be a fun one. I mean, really, there should be some there should be at least a handful of really good games out of here. When I, so, and you were talking about the setting. I, part of why I'm going out tomorrow is I, I haven't been there, and it's like I, I don't want to miss the opportunity just to check the place out and see what it's all about. So I'm interested to see how easy is it to get there and what the place looks like. And we're not, we were thinking of staying overnight, you know, in, in a hotel, but um, because yeah. You know, so here, here's the time. So the other conversation I wanted to have, and this goes back to uh, Eric uh, Zilmer, you know, having the that podcast you guys were talking about, and they asked him about you know, to define depression. And they talked about how, you know, um, teams lose and then the fans basically essentially go into a period of depression. And uh, Eric, I don't think you're here for this, but Dan and I talked, you know, we've adjusted to, um, you know, basically we have other things that are going on that, you know, okay, we lose big deal. So what are, and we'll be in different situations, but what are our plans if we lose on, uh, let's even uh, tomorrow, what are we doing? so that uh, we don't go into depression. That's well, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I've lived in Philadelphia almost all my life, mm-hmm. and I'm used to it. So when you get to this age, even <laughs> your age, you just, you know, Dan's laughing. He's from Boston. What does he know? But when you, you get to this age, you, you lose, oh, well. And there's something else. First of all, there's something else going on sports-wise. You know, the Philadelphia Union are starting up. Sixers are looking good. You go into the next one. And the Sixers you know, are going to win the, the world championship because they won four games. Oh, absolutely. Especially when he's <laughs> the next place. Uh, but yeah, life goes And even outside of sports, there's more important things going on, current events, yeah, uh, family. You get a real perspective that sports is just a little side hobby. I, mm. I can understand an 18, my son, he's 20. You know, if his team loses, he gets down. But I can understand that at 20. 
52, <laughs> you need a life, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I got news for you. Jason Tatum had one good game recently, and now we won't trade him for LeBron, is my understanding, out of Boston. So <laughs> it's not uh, it's not only Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, I think um, – uh, listen, D.C., I, I've had the opportunity to travel a little bit in my life, not as much as, as you have, Nate, but – uh, or you, Eric, but uh, I've, I've been to some of the great cities in the world, and, and I've, I'm, I love D.C. I, I put it up there right there. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's it's uh, The opportunities, especially if you've got kids, are wonderful. Um, guys, there we are playing this game in an arena that has a subway stop. That's just <laughs> it's just a nice feeling. It's just a nice, you know, there's actual real public transit to get there. So, um, yeah, it's it's there's not a lot around the arena is what I would tell you. There's At least at the time it wasn't. They were still working on kind of building that area out. Um, so there's not, you, you can't just run out and, and grab a bite, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but the, uh, you know, you can hop on and end up at, you know, um, any number of restaurants, you know, in the subway in five minutes or, or come around town and, and DC is fairly drivable in this on the, on the weekends. Um, so, uh, I love, I love the setting. I love the arena. Go to the, take the kids to Smithsonian. Nate is what I would tell you. I think the museum closed, which is unfortunate because that was, uh, that was one of the great places I, I really loved. Um, and if I'm misquoted there, I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's, it's relatively easy to get rooms and there's a ton to do and it's a beautiful city and, and I just love it. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I say, I would never move the tournament. I think it's the perfect site for this league. It's the Richmond though, Dan. <laughs> They're, t- they're tearing that down. Did you see that they're tearing down the Coliseum? They finally got the uh, the plans done. Oh, wow. to take it down. Good for yeah. them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we drove. They got to tear down. I think they're, they're trying to rehab Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore again. Which, man, that's a dumpster. So let's let's not let's just as long as we don't end up back there. Yeah. Fine by me. I was on ninety five a couple weekends ago. It's like nine o'clock. We drove through Richmond. It, it, downtown looks bigger it's like they built a number of buildings there so i'm, I'm sure they're going to use that real estate whatever the coliseum was for something else so i'll be sad to see it go i'll watch it on tv or, or youtube when they blow it up wherever they're going to take it down so, so i remember watching the vet it was you know comcast had put the vet implosion on demand for a while and you could just rewatch it and blow it over and over again which i thought was that was like like back when on demand was new yeah um but that was that was different I, I do. I, I mean, listen, I had I actually had friends come down in the last tournament when we were down there two years ago uh, who were just in the area. They happened to be in the area. Um, and so they, they, they came over and, you know, uh, saw the Drexel game, which was great. And then I hopped in the car with them. We went to Ben's Chili Bowl. We had some we had a nice lunch and, you know, it made a nice, you know, it's just nice to have something that's reasonably local um, and, and at a site that you would expect you know, might run into people because it's a it's a major real deal city. Uh, Charleston was fun for me. I actually enjoyed it. But obviously, it's the southern tip of the conference. I like I like stuff that's a little more central. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I would I like it being in the south. I'll say that. Um, but no, it's this is this is ideal to me. Right, now you mentioned Ben's Chili Bowl, so my plan is is we'll go down tomorrow. We're, we're going to go to both games, so we'll we'll go early for the the Towson game and sit there and listen to their band, if nothing else. And then, so my plan is if we lose, then we're going to go to Ben's Chili Bowl on the way home because, as far as I know, they're open on a Sunday, and then. Um, I'm a little worried about the price there. I don't know how you felt. I think it was like seven, eight bucks for one of their like half smokes. So it was a, it was worth it. You feel like? Yeah, I mean it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's a solid experience. You go there partially for the stuff that's on the walls and the history yeah. and everything else. But I think I think uh, the food's good. I love I love it. I mean I would I can knock that stuff down. Yeah. Yeah, that's my kind of thing. So so yeah. So that and then, but then if we win, then we're gonna come home. I'm gonna run. 
because I, have to, I need to take a day off either to, either tomorrow or Monday. But then, um, so if we went, I'll come home, I'll run. And then Monday, we'll go eat at Ben's Chili Bowl. And yeah, the Smithsonian. And the one near Dulles Airport is the one I go to. I've never been to the one downtown. Or no, I have been to the one downtown, but the one outside of the city, which I didn't even know existed until my father-in-law told me about it. Um, but there's a space shuttle there, and then the Enola Gay is there. And you think about experiences you've you've never thought you'd have in your life, but to have spent, spent four years going to Hiroshima watching baseball games, and it's your favorite team, and then to go and see the plane that destroyed it um, is going to be an interesting experience, a lot of interesting thoughts and feelings related to that. So um, so if, if, we, if we make it to Monday, that's our plan, because then once we're done there, we'll go and watch the game. So, um, so yeah, so there, there you go, Dr. Zilmer. That's how we're going to treat our, uh, our, our preserve our mental health through this weekend, no matter what happens. Um, and, and if we lose too, save a lot of money, you know, cause fortunately I, I, my other point, I, I, Eric, I, part of why I haven't gotten tickets yet is it's like, it's 20 bucks a ticket, but then the service fees, it ended up being essentially 30 bucks a ticket. And when, you know, you're taking two kids with you too, I mean, that starts to get expensive. So, uh, I'm hoping I, I haven't looked for sure that you can get tickets at the door and then, you know, maybe save myself some service fees. Um, but We'll see what happens as far as that goes. So that's my only gripe so far is the because a, a ticket book for all of us would have been like four or five hundred dollars. And right now I'm not doing that. So um, I was say, did Jekyll offer ticket books? I didn't even see it. They did. I think it was, it was on the website. And I think I think that's where I priced it out. And you know, a lot of places have kids are free, kids are discounted, kids are this or that. But now, from what I saw, it's same price for everybody. So um, just expensive. But, um, but yeah, some, uh, one of the schools uh, somebody told me was 250 for the ticket book which i thought was absurd i felt like double the prices of the past again we're just not doing the things um that uh we need to do to get fans in we're keeping fans out so you know yeah. it's it's a it's a league decision and uh, they're going to argue that you know getting 10 percent more fans at half the price is not worth it because you end up making less money um i would argue you get 10 percent more fans this year maybe you'll get 10 percent more on top of that next year but that's not the way these people think. Yeah, I can I guess the thing about it, I mean, twenty bucks for two games. That's why I want to go oh. for both games because then you feel like you get your money's worth. But that's not. That's really not that bad. But you know, if you keep winning and you have to go, you know, a few nights in a row, it starts to add up. So hundred um, percent. Yep. But you know, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Looking forward to it. And like I said, just going tomorrow more, so I don't miss out on my opportunity to go. So um, and then I can and I'll know have your insight on on everything and see how it looks. So all right. Um, I think we go on briefly to the women's team and any other thoughts uh, you have about the tournament? Anything we didn't touch on? It kills me. I'm not going to be there and it kills me. That's it. That's it. That's all I can think of. Uh, it's usually, by the way, I see Eric wearing a shirt. It's usually the first weekend of MLS season two and the union. I usually go out with my friends and we watch the, the soccer game on the night of the first night of the tournament. Um, the, you know, it's, uh, it's actually the second weekend this year for the MLS because uh, they start starting the season prohibitively early. But it's, uh, it's just a great time to be a part of this Drexel community, this, this whole thing that we've been talking about this whole season. Um, so I hope you guys go down there. I hope you enjoy the trip. I hope you mix it up with some of the other Drexel fans and, and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, be, be part of that community. I, I think it's, it's a great opportunity to see people you haven't seen in a while. And if you, if you see a Drexel fan that you don't know, go walk up to them, say hello. You know, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have a common, a common interest can, can bring a lot of things together. I feel like I know them well. There, that is the problem. You're probably not going to see a whole lot of Drexel fans that you don't know. Well, I will say another thing. Yeah, if we lose, I'll be like, well, Dan and Dan didn't miss anything, and Dan and others didn't miss anything. So 
that's another thing that will help us through it if it doesn't go well. So, um, but, but yeah, um, hope to have you and everyone else back next year for sure. And maybe we're even a little better position going into it. So, um, all right. So you okay with talking about the women? I'm okay with it. No, I want to do it. All I right. want to, I'm well beyond okay with it. Yeah. Well, let, go ahead and start. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to say about them? Let's talk about them going to JMU and, and dropping 20, a 20 point win on them, uh, which I which I actually looked at that. Uh, Towson did the same thing. JMU has just been not a great home team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they are, I want to say, and I had it in front of me and I moved around, but either 10 and 0 or 11 and 0. I got a 10 and 0 on the road this year. Mm-hmm. So I know today's game at, at Towson, which is the two best teams in the league by, by metrics, um, is a meaningless game. Both teams know where they sit in the standings. They can't adjust it, everything else. But, you know, and do I think they're they're legitimately in the at-large conversation? I still do not um, because the net ranking is what it is. And, and unfortunately, the net has been punishing to this league this year. Um, but, you know, you get yourself in the 70s with a win, um, you know, which is nice. And, and, and it'll help with seeding if you get if it gets to that. Um, and you've got 10 – if if you go 11-0 on the road this year, I think you do have an argument for that large. I, I – I, I can't. I don't know. Outside of going undefeated for the season, I mean, going eleven and zero on the road is crazy. Mm. So I, I, I think you, you. There's a lot of reasons for them to go down there and be motivated to, to finish strong and, and, and win this game. Um, but it's it's a really good team across from them, so it should be a battle. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm excited about everything this team does right now. To your point, Nate, the scores have gotten you know they've really started to to lace the wood on some teams. It feels like they're clicking now, mm. um, peaking at the right time. Right, that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. They're peaking at the right time. And uh, it's it's tough when they're twenty four and three. I guess they've been peaking for most of the season, but they're peaking at the right time right now. And uh, just just exciting, just really. They locked up the one seed. Obviously, they walked up the conference championship with that game at JMU. It's a big deal. Um, it's their second and th- one seed in three years. And the other year they won the tournament. The other year they didn't play the tournament. Mm-hmm. So this is as dominant a franchise as you've got in this league in any sport right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know UNCW baseball wants to call me out on that one, but. JMU as far as the basketball, they're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JMU softball too. They're uh, but this is this is. A, I mean, they're just a quality team right now. They're a veteran team right now with seniors up in the line. All the makings of, of what you need to do. So, uh, I want to see them win this thing. I want to see them sweep the road, and then I want to go back to the, the folks, the powers that be at the deck, and say, "Hey, our men went five and four on the road and five and four at home. Our women went eleven and zero on the road and thirteen and two at home." Can you imagine what these teams would do with the home court advantage? <laughs> you know, I mean, but seriously, you go eleven and zero on the road, you you lose home games to bad teams. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about why marketing doesn't matter. Let's let's have that conversation. Well, I'll try to be brief about this. Um, they they had we were watching a game. I forget when we were, I don't we didn't watch it live. We watched it. We got back from Messiah, and I think it was one. It was like the first media one of the media timeouts and. I saw a bunch of people on the court and they're holding the sign like Drexel veterans. And I'm like, what's this about? And, um, you know, so then I, I went back and I, I went on Twitter and Facebook. So there was one post on each, maybe like it was days ahead, not quite a week, but maybe like five days ahead, basically saying that they were having some type of reception for veterans, um, at, at the women's game. Um, and by the way, I missed that social media post, so I didn't know about it. Um, I do give them credit for this weekend with there's a meetup, I guess, by the, the where the Nationals play um, before every tournament game for Drexel fans. So they've advertised that. Well, every day I'm getting pinged on it. But 
basically said one advertisement about this, nothing behind it. Um, so to be honest, I don't, I don't know that we would have gone anyway, but I mean, our family, I mean, we're going down to Towson today. We were in Delaware. Nobody's always supported this program. Well, I'm sure other people have, but it's hard to, not many other people have supported the program more than I have. And then, yeah, being a veteran, that may have moved the meter for me to go down there to the game. So it's just another example of just poor marketing. And, um, and again, I, I may not have gone, so I can't say too much, but it turns you off too. You know, you feel like you're, that you're kind of left out of it. So, um, but, but I don't want that to be the topic because again, it, it were lots of good things going on, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, there've been things all season that you're like, man, if this happens, look out as good as we've been, you know, if this player does this or this player does that, man, look out. And you, you think of Kate Connolly hitting five threes and, you know, we were having a little bit of trouble against their zone. She started knocking down threes and was just unbelievable. So um, her and Mara Hendrickson, if, if they, they don't need to do much, if they just hit a couple threes in the game and add, you know, that's that five to 10 points to what our big three do, um, again, yeah, it's hard to imagine this team peaking, but you know, if, if we go down there today and, and show more evidence of it, that's kind of what you feel like we're doing. And it's, it's a scary thing for other teams in the conference. Yeah. I realized we, we were, we taped last week before the Elon, before that senior night game. So our senior day game. Um, so let me just note that again, I called out William and Mary as being a trappy, trappy trap spot. And, and that was a non-competitive game. That was a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Elon, again, senior night, a lot of emotions, ton of emotions on this team. There's Everybody's a senior uh, and and uh, not a problem against a pretty quality Elon opponent. Uh, then you go down to JMU, coming off of that, coming off of that emotional game and, 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 you know, kind of having things more or less close to locked up and you just take care of business, wipe the floor with them. Uh, uh, it's it's beginning to get a little bit, re- this is Gonzaga. I mean, this, this, is, this is, it is, it's, it's, it's every test that you can put in front of them right now, they are passing. And to your point, they played the close game at Delaware, which I said was an NCAA tournament level game, and I'll continue to say it. <clears throat> and they played the close home game against JMU. But other than that, I think it's been all 15 to 20 to 25 point wins since, like, for the last month now, since that Charleston loss. That Charleston loss may end up being a turning point, you know, really a, a snap in the streak. Maybe, Nate, you were right, and the streak needed to be snapped. I don't know. But uh, they've really turned it on since then. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I'm interested to see today. You know how I think we still played a win. I'd still like to see. I, I think we were. It, it, it's interesting, Amy Mallon, like playing the bench. Like she tends to play them either we're losing by like and, and not a lot. You're talking like like ten, five to ten, or we're winning by five to ten. Yeah, you know, if it's a close game, she seems to kind of keep the bench short. But she's already playing like High Duke and Valentine, and a little more Satman. So I, I guess that's what I'd maybe like to see today. You know, a little bit more of the bench, and I don't think that's. I think we can still win and and be, you know, successful playing more players. But that's maybe what, what I hope to see today. But yeah, I do. I hope you play to win too, and and keep it keep the streak going and um, the new streak going that they've started. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. But um, I'm with you too. I don't. I, as far as that large stuff, I, I mean, I'm, my thing is like, you know, just win the tournament. You don't have to worry about it. But you know, that's the, the easy thing to say. But um, that's another reason though, to try to win this game. Cause I, and I get it. All these, um, you know, net rankings or whatever have Towson. So Towson, I think has always been that, even though on the floor, I mean, they lost to Delaware twice and they lost to us. So, you know, on the floor, they're not the best team in the conference with all the metrics they are. So winning this game can't hurt, you know, all those types of rankings and whatnot. So that's why I think it's important to win the game too. So, um, but yeah. 
Well, they got the best win in the conference, right? They beat Florida, you know, a top 25 Florida team by double digits uh, on a neutral court early in the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I get what's driving that a little bit, what's driving those numbers uh, and, and, you know, some decent wins. American, actually, they, they, they really smoked them. American's not a bad team this year. Um, so I, I get kind of where it's coming from. Um, but, uh, yeah, Maybe a team, maybe a team to your point that was better in, in the early season than in the late season, um, and yeah, Delaware handling them. Delaware is still the scariest team to me um, in the postseason, just because they've got two players that um, just have have the mixture of size and talent that is really hard to to deal with in, in, in at this level. And obviously, they'll want a third third bite of the apple at Jacksonville. Although stats will tell you teams that beat somebody twice in the regular season, do very, very, very well against them on the third time around. It's that, that thing about you don't want to play a team a third time, have to beat them a third time is a myth. Um, and you'll, you'll hear it a number of times this time of year. It comes up this week and next week all the time, but uh, it's, it's just untrue. Yeah. All right. So let's say Eric's getting ready. You got you to get going. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I think awesome. about that myth there, Dan. Yep. I agree with you. I think that's just something people say after that third third game. Well, hey, wait, they won the first two times and lost the third time. What you know? What happened there? Well, two is not a big sample size. So, I yeah, it happens. It, it does happen, but it's it's unlikely. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, we beat them the third time last year, but even now I'm the genius, so I think that's what made the difference there. So, um, so. But, but yeah, all right. Any other thoughts on the women's program? And you know, we'll, I mean, we'll set something up to talk more specifically about them probably next week. But in their tournament, but anything else you guys wanted to pass? You said we asked earlier, what do you do if the men lose? How are you going to feel? It's like, well, we got the women waiting in the wings. I have more expectations from that program. Yeah, I agree. With you. And and having it at Drexel and. Tickets are pretty cheap for that. Like, yeah, it was like it's forty bucks for a ticket book to go down there. So um, I'm hoping to be. We do have hotels down there. I'm hoping for a long weekend down there. And then um, I'm, I, I mean, I want to see that whole tournament play out again. We'll talk later, but I think even those other quarterfinal games will be fun. And you know, and then um, you know, maybe Delaware Towson rematch. I was surprised how you know Delaware. See, I didn't watch the game, but it seemed like Delaware pretty do- pretty much dominated Towson the other night. And and yeah, you saw like. I think all their top players like Dickey, Battle, they all had good games. So maybe they feel like they're peaking too. So um, if it if it turns out to be Delaware Drexel, that's going to be an epic game. And um, yeah, this. But but hey, let's let's see how the men do this weekend, and we'll go from there. So yeah, you know, and and I thought it was interesting, um, and maybe a sign of things to come. But Maisha Kelly, you know, or at least her name was on an email that went out this week, um, advertising, you know, congratulating the women on on clinching the the, the, the regular season title. And she led with the women, and then you know, kind of the blurb at the end was on the men's championship. I, I actually think that's a little bit out of order because the men's championships first, um, and, and and you know, is the more urgent thing to talk about. And we can send something out on the women next week, but uh, hopefully, that's a sign of things to come as far as a school wide push to market this thing. You know, uh, they made the they made the push to get it here. It was originally scheduled to be at JMU. Certainly, Drexel had to uh, you know have some agreements with other with other schools to to get to host it, um, which means at a high level, we wanted this thing. Um, so now it's time to say, okay, if, if John Fry, if, if his associates wanted this thing, wanted to host this thing, wanted to give the ladies the best opportunity, now the rest of the school, it's time for you to get behind it and, you know, we'll see what leadership looks like. So um, I'm, I'm hoping to see a massive student turnout is what I'm trying to say for that, for that tournament. I, I think that 
funds won't be a problem. Um, I, I think that they can sponsor the student tickets. I realize it's not uh, like a Drexel event where they can just let the students in for free. Uh, there's a cost to to all tickets for that tournament. So somebody's got to pay it, whether it's the students or the school paying on behalf of the students. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that can be covered. Um, and uh, I just think that uh, I'm very, very intrigued. I'm going to have a very watchful eye on how this thing gets marketed and how that arena looks next week, because hopefully this will be the chance for the, for the ladies to have the home court advantage they really richly deserve. Yeah, it, it uh, and it's, this will be speaking of a good off-season conversation. But every time I see a, an email from her as athletic director, I know we talked about squash last weekend and how many, but yeah, what are we going to see as far as shifts and priorities of, you know, what types of programs we really kind of throw resources behind. And, you know, because, I mean, we had a good year. It felt like top to bottom last year, but I think the lacrosse team's already lost a couple games. Um, so, you know, I, and, and I'm not saying she's going to be like this, but it is a type, type of job. It's like you could sit there and collect a paycheck for a lot of years and not really do much, but you hope that that's not the situation. You hope, yeah, like President Fry, Fry has expectations on these people and these teams but we never know that. We never know the behind the scenes at Drexel. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm with, obviously with you. I'd like to see us get things. Um, yeah, it's tough. 12 o'clock on Friday, but you know, the rest of the weekend should be able to get a good crowd in there. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, first year athletic director in the middle of realignment on, on top of everything else, you've got um, coach Spiker's contract needs to be dealt with. Um, you know, you, you have uh, some changes to some of the other sports. You're trying to get to know your staff everything else. So I, I, you know, how much can she cover in year one? It's a lot. Uh, COVID's going on at the same time. I didn't have a ton of expectations out of her this year. Um, she's met those, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, um, which is to say, you know, the, the average fan that I speak to, you know, really doesn't know who she is yet. Um, I, I expect to see more, you know, of a presence next year as things settle down and, and things come back to normal, both uh, from a realignment perspective and, uh, and, and from a COVID perspective and everything else. So, I, I am going to look for, you know, to see that engagement and, and uh, uh, from her and her staff and, and, and to see, you know, what she does in particular, obviously, with the basketball program this winter or the summer. So it, it's there's a, there's a lot there's a lot cooking is what I would tell you. She's had a busy, busy full plate, um, but it's it's the most important job for, for what we care about. Um, so I look forward to hearing about her. And, and uh, I expect I do. I, I expect, you know, Eric, you're you're you're, you're an accomplished CPA and eight you're an MD. Uh, I, I do okay. Uh, Do finance. Yeah. What's that? Do good. Yeah. Do I apologize? Right. I don't care uh, about that stuff. I, but I was. I, I never. I know the reason I'm saying it is because yeah, sometimes people like want people to want them to be MDs. So I, I, that's the only reason I said. No, I appreciate the correction. I, I don't. I, I don't care either way. I don't want to be. No, the but my point was yeah. Nate that you've been very successful. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, uh, Eric, you have as well, and, and I, I've been fairly lucky in my work. And, and you have too. Uh, yeah, we all have. Yeah. You know, and the the idea that none of us have heard from anybody at Drexel all season, despite being former season ticket holders, despite being supporters of the program, Nate, despite being a veteran when they were doing a veteran service. You know, uh, obviously, um, this is not going to be the, the the podcast where we talk about off the court, but um, you know, she has additional work to do, and I think that this this this. Just the three of us are a pretty good case for it. Um, but I'm, I'm sure basically everybody else who listens to this podcast is in the same boat. Yeah. So um, my, my expectation you don't need somebody to come and talk, you know, and say, Hey, how you doing? But there there's when there's only fifty of you, it's not that hard to do. Yeah. Now she I figure, yeah, she's getting the, the sense of the lay of the land this year. And then yeah, I do like the emails that are going out and 
Um, yeah, but it'd be interesting how, you know, and, and I guess my only, and I, 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 I this was two years ago, I, I put my name in for the board of alumni board of governors. They sent out the email for candidates. I'm like, what the hell I'll apply. And I know my big thing when I was interviewing was like, I didn't get it, but the big thing was, you know, like, yeah, I, I want to see us market the, the athletics and especially basketball to try to bring more alumni in and get more, you know, and all the things that that does, you know, school spirit, money, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I have been in touch. There's, there's one person who's on the, on that group. And, um, and, and unfortunately I've, I included her on my other concerns this year. Um, but you know, maybe we'll work with her at some point, but, um, but yeah, just curious if, if we see more. And, and I guess my, and my big point, even this year, was we just won two championships like the we got to strike while the iron's hot and i think my fear is we haven't i, I don't we know that really have so um so you know and then we're going to be and, and you're going to hear those excuses of you know, our success well we had excuse we, we had success last year and we didn't take advantage of it so um but again those are discussions that we'll probably have hopefully we have more success this year and then um we can kind of carry that forward so yeah i mean the, um, the case is going to be timing for sure but you know, we all we all know where we're at here at this point. You know, um, is she's going to do something next year, or we're talking to a wall? I will say there there is a friend of the pod uh, who's on the board of governors now, uh, 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 Nate. Um, so so we can maybe uh, give him a shout. Um, uh, Marshall Fleming, I believe, is, is is there. I'll drop his name here, but uh, I know he's been he's been doing a great job of campaigning on behalf of the basketball program. So yeah. Um, it's I mostly good to, just good to say, have somebody in there who's doing it. Yeah, I mostly just say because I, I wanted to be able to say, well, you can't just sit around and whine about it. You have to do something. So I tried. I didn't. I didn't get on, but I gave it a shot. And I, I don't know, maybe I'll do it again. But um, that's yeah, most of it behind me. So, but but anyway, and we're but, gonna keep trying. We're not gonna let this thing die. We're gonna keep trying. Yeah, we're keep this going, and hopefully the Drexel basketball team will keep the season going too. Because yeah. I, I I still think you guys should be excited. It's a great arena. You guys are really gonna enjoy it yeah. on, on Sunday, and and it should be a dandy of a game. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to go. I got to eat and all that stuff to get going. Any last thoughts you guys have? Save rounds is what we used to talk about. Go have fun. And and hopefully, you know, we got a team with, with experience winning. Let's, let's, right. let's go watch uh, the X-Biker go to work. Yeah, it's a great day to be a, a dragon. So, yes, right. sir. All right. Okay. All right. Nice talking with you guys. Take care. Have a great day. Okay.